Episode number 357. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me here in Las Vegas. And Cold Coffee, I figured this would be like a, a special episode for you. I mean, 357, isn't that like, a, isn't that like a, one of your pistols, your magnums that you got hanging out of it? I know you're a, a gun enthusiast. Yeah, so it, that's so exactly how they say it, too. <laughs> that's how they say it. They said, oh, man, I can't wait to go home and shoot my 357. Mm. <laughs> What caliber is that? Is that a forty-five? No, it's a three-five-seven. You know, when you're hip, you say three-fifty-seven. Well, that's how you know. Seven, yo. So is this? I mean, but, does this uh, feel like yes. a you know a special episode? You got to mark the occasion. You've been looking forward to this one. I I have it. You know, and it's funny. I, I have my nine millimeter sitting right over there. I could I could <laughs> I knew I could it. show up, but it doesn't really work graphically for the audience. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> well, it's funny because there's actually a shotgun not too far away. You know what's funny? When people were watching my house when I was gone, I was like, oh, you did good. You locked up all the guns. And then when I got back today, or when I was here today cleaning up, trying to find some uh, some paperwork, I was like, oh, hey, I guess I left that shotgun out. <laughs> it's oh, tucked Jesus. away. You can't, you, if you don't know where it's at, you couldn't find it. But I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't lock that one up, but. Bro, if I'm house sitting for you and I walk in and there's a big gun just laying over on the side, I'm gonna be honest. That might make me a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, I know, I know I'm a I'm a red blooded American male like I'm supposed to be, but I, I don't. That's a little well, that's a little you know, uh, intimidating. Well, you know what we need to do to get over that is you have to shoot it. You have to just go out and learn about it. If you know about it, you you, you wouldn't be afraid about it. Not to take you up to that new range that I just got a membership of. And uh, you can go and actually, if depending on what it is, it's like first come, first serve, but I could take you to one of the things you can actually pull into um, one of the little uh, drive-in ranges and you set your targets up downrange and then it's just yours and you can actually go and like take your time and you're not two feet from the next person so you could actually learn and actually, you know, really sort of get comfortable and then shoot it and then you wouldn't be as afraid. What is this I think like that's what out- everybody most people are about. Yeah, it's outdoors. Wow. And it's actually uh it's on the way to Red Rocks uh Desert Sportsman and it's actually uh they are they exist. There was a one time land grant from like the the BLM and then these guys are like conservators for it. So um they're, they're, with that there's certain regulations whatever. You can't teach for lessons for money out there because that would you know, goes against what it is, but, but regardless, but yeah, it's outdoor and you can go and actually go out there and bring your, depending on what range you're at, you could bring your rifles, you could bring your shotguns, you could bring your handguns and all that other stuff, depending on which ones you're at, but you could take your time and actually, you know, get comfortable. Somebody can explain and you can, you can get comfortable and then you can shoot at your target. Then you police your, your, your sort of brown, you pick up your, your shells and stuff. You clean up after yourself and then you leave and then somebody else can use it, but it's awesome. And it's, it's less, uh, it's less nerve-wracking than actually going to one of the the ranges and then you're just in that big metal sort of box and there's a person two feet to your side and then you get kind of nervous and then everybody's just like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this. You know, I'm embarrassed. Um, it's a lot more comfortable out there. And then you could take your time. And then once people, you know, shoot a couple times, then they realize that they're not... Uh, they're not that scary because there's not the mystery around them. That's what half people are scared about it. But, but that regardless, uh, you would never come into my house and find a shotgun just laying on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not that crazy. That. I'm not that I wild. I appreciate that. That's good. <laughs> Listen, let me uh, let me just say first off before we get too far into this. Thanks for bringing your recording gear. I appreciate that. That's nice that you, you, you can actually. <laughs> 
take part in the podcast this week. I, I just want to just give you, you some know? extra love for taking that extra special step. Hey, you know that's it, it's it's the extra it's the extra step is what I do, man. That's why I'm employee <laughs> of the month. <laughs> Left me hanging last week. That's all right. We made it through. All right. Let me give a quick shout out. Uh, Frosty Beverage this week, courtesy of the one great Cody Marrow. I mean, we're talking about all-star beverage provider here, the producer of the Anik and Florian podcast. Of course, Weekly Scraps with Aljamain Sterling as well. Good friend and uh, a a guy whose work I really, really uh, admire and Honestly, hope uh, at some point in our careers we can maybe work on a project or something. But in the meantime, I don't know I'll if we just... can afford him. I don't know if we can afford him. Well, that's that's why we're not working together just yet. You know what I'm saying? He's, <laughs> he's on these all star projects. Yet he's giving us money. Yet he's giving us money. What a good guy. <laughs> that's a good man. Maybe, maybe somewhere down the line we'll be able to afford his rate. In the meantime, we'll just drink the frosty beverages. So thank you very much, Cody. Appreciate that. And Thanks, Cody. Maybe providing some peanut M and M's over there for you as well. Hell no, I'm eating these motherfuckers. They ain't no one getting my peanut <laughs> M&M's. <laughs> Y'all got to take it behind the curtain just like that. We had to slow the recording down after I started recording because I opened up a pack of peanut M&M's that I found in here in the uh, the studio fridge. And then uh, they were so good because I don't really eat candy that often that I couldn't stop eating them. And so then we start recording. He's like, dude, we can't record I, right now. I popped another one in <laughs> my mouth and I started eating. And I was like, all I could hear in my ears. So we had to, we had to stop for a second. Amazing, but, amazing. Yeah, peanut right. M&M's, man. I'll fight somebody over peanut M&M's. <laughs> don't take my peanut M&M's. <laughs> That's all that right. kid food right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right listen uh you made the trip down to anaheim last week obviously didn't get to speak to you uh due to the uh equipment malfunction but i just did want to ask you i mean i, I did get a chance to wrap everything up on the and a half but now that we've had a couple of days to let it soak in i just kind of wanted to get your thoughts especially on that main event because you know i i rightfully so i mean a lot of people are really praising francis nagano and saying man it's it's so great to see the the evolution of his game and it's so it's so mm-hmm. great to see this new wrinkle that he's uh, able to implement. And I I do agree with that. I mean, I think he definitely showed uh, some improved wrestling skills. You could see the the basics of the jiu-jitsu. I mean, we're not going to be rushing out to put him in, uh, you know, Abu Dhabi, you know, anytime soon or, you know, submission underground or fury grappling, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. he did show some new wrinkles. But here's what I want to – and I don't want to be mean when I say this or, uh, you know, attacking anyone. And I don't want to take away from Francis Nagano, but – are you left with the feeling that as much praise as Francis Nagano deserves, that Cyril Gaon deserves quite a bit of criticism for essentially, in my mind, I don't want to say giving the fight away, but yeah, I feel like the the the, the tide of the of the fight changed after round two, and Cyril didn't make any adjustments whatsoever and showed zero ability to get out of bad situations, and I, I think Francis deserves all the praise, but man, as I go you know further away from that fight. I feel like we got to levy some real criticism on on Cyril and his ability to to react to everything. Well, if that if it comes down to that, um, well, gosh, there's so much to address in that. I almost feel like, and I don't want to throw your boy under the bus. Um, some of that stuff should have uh, tip should have possibly came from his coaches as well. You're if he wasn't right. seeing what he needed to do, he should have got some really some, maybe some clarification off to the side of what was what wasn't working, what was going right. You could see there was a moment in there. When he tried to do some things, you know, and Francis shut it down and that probably in his mind was like, wow, you know, that was what we thought would really work, you know, and, and you labeled it, you know, you said it was like, a, oh, man, look at this new little wrinkle. But man, the Francis uh, that showed up was such a new, improved Francis. It was uh, 
you know, talk about wrinkle. It was a nice pleated pants. It was a whole new look on the pants, you know, for Francis. I mean, he looked so comfortable and so um, confident when it came to try to take him down um, that it just felt completely different. Like the the the, the Francis we saw, I would have think that Stipe would have had an issue trying to get down. You know, back in the day when Stipe made it look easy. This Francis wouldn't have been the same. I mean, he's jumped leaps and bounds. And then when it did get down on the ground and he was able to use that jujitsu to to do some of these switches and reversals, I was like, holy cow. It was just it was just incredible. Uh I, I couldn't believe uh and this is where I've you know, f- shit, my picks are already off to a bad start this year, you know. <laughs> I didn't think there would be that much growth. I thought Cyril, I thought the the cardio, I thought the power, sure. I thought he would go out there and actually throw hands. He was a lot more hesitant than I thought, but I also think when he did some things, um, when he did finally, he'd do some shots towards the middle or he'd throw some shots. He was starting to do some tells that Francis was prepared for. There was that one where you would kind of hear the commentary here, you know, when when he would go in, when Cyril would go and throw some some shots, he always was ducking his head into a certain direction, and Francis started then countering that with like uppercuts. So then that I felt like that was that threw Cyril off, and then you didn't see it as much. And I just feel like yeah. at some point he just started stagnating, you know, and. That would have been the point where if he was trying to figure it out in his head, yes, of course, you know, when it gets down to its mano a mano in there, you know, you know, what he can come up into his head to address the challenge that's being presented will either win him the day or not. But the great thing about this sport is that you do have coaches in your corner to kind of tip you off to see. And this was the whole thing that France, you know, this is a guy that said he brought Francis to where Francis was before we saw Francis, you know, start working with Eric Nixis and all this. But this was a guy that didn't give any sort of clues at the time as to how to yeah. solve the problem. It even presented, and this is no a slight on him, I think this was just such a newer version of Francis that even a coach that worked with him for so many years was stumped. You know, the power was there. You didn't, you know, even though you started to see him, he was a little bit more open mouth as even the first round, second round. So I was like, man, okay, is he starting to get tired? But then when I looked over at Cyril, I was like, Cyril's not looking that great either. You know, I think right. a lot of the hesitation, a lot of stuff that he was doing was wearing him down as well. You know, he was probably pretty tensed up. And then all of a sudden that was starting to sap some of the energy as well because you just never saw the big explosions from him until it got to the very end. Maybe in the fifth round, he looked like, oh, wow, I'm really losing this fight. I got to start to try to throw some stuff. But it was too little too late. And then the fight gets down to the ground and it's just like, okay. It's not going to work, you know? So, I mean, yes, I think there were definitely some corrections that Cyril should have made. I think there were some areas where his coach probably should have helped in and and gave him some clues and maybe, you know, if he was seeing something. But ultimately, I think this was just – it was a wonderful performance by Francis who who looked so much improved that – it was just a a completely different fighter than who we saw come into, you know, the – the UFC not that long ago. And, and, you know, it's funny. Somebody at the end, after he was done speaking, was like, man, that guy really picked up English, too, really quickly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, look how well he's picking up everything. Yeah. His brain is firing on a whole nother level right now. His whatever neurons and stuff he's on, he's, he's learning English language super fast to where he's now. We don't even think about how, wow, when we first met him. We could barely speak with the guy. True. You know, he was having True. such hard time. And look at him now. He's he's soaking up the MMA. He's soaking up everything. And uh, 
as much as yes, maybe Cyril could have did some things better, but I think anybody on the roster at that point that night would have lost to to Francis. How Francis was fighting that night. Well, two key things I want to touch on there. And first, and you said it, you know, hey, some some criticism on your boy, and and then you're right because I love Fernand Lopez, man. Obviously, I've had a great yeah, relationship. He's a great with that dude. Guy he's a great years. coach. I love that yeah. guy. But I agree. I agree. Now, I guess I'll give him some benefit of the doubt in that, you know, we only got little snippets of the corner. We didn't get the whole thing. We, you know, I don't have a full audio track of his full coaching. True. And, and True. we were relying on a translator as well. So maybe there were some. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I think they went into the corner before the fifth round, and the advice we heard was, you absolutely can't lose this fight. We can't lose this fight. You know, I want to hear something like, hey, you have got to get off your back. We're even right now. You win this round. You're walking away. The don't champion. let him get it to the ground. You know, yeah. do this, do this, do this. You can't yeah. settle on your back. All, all those things. Yeah, and you're right. I, I didn't hear a lot of that. So I think there is some criticism to be levied. But the other thing was, and, and you touched on it, but I kind of wanted to ask you because I was watching from home, but I was watching that post-fight press conference, and Francis Ngannou addressing all the drama, addressing all the things he's frustrating about, addressing all the criticisms, but what I thought, doing it in what I thought was a pretty eloquent fashion, man, and I thought just stating, I don't know, like, he just, after that press conference, I thought, man, how can you not agree with this man and and understand his grievances and understand his concerns and, you know, I I don't know, man, it just, it felt like a, like a rallying point where you're like, yeah, that dude's got a great point, you know? I thought it was really surprising, too, that he goes in there and didn't realize that Dana didn't go to the presser um, you know, he realized about, Hey, that the, the belt thing, you know, he was like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever. I'm, it obviously didn't bother him that much in the ring, but he was just like, Oh, whatever. You know, I, I you know, he, I'm sure he noticed it and then was just like, okay, you know, I'm sure he'll have something to say about it. You know, I'll get back to the presser and Dana will have told people and I'll get some answers, you know? And then I think it, I remember when Kevin was like, you know, asked him about it, you know, and he just kind of, I don't know, you know, you'd have to tell me or, you know, I'm sure Dana will have to say something. And then when he found out that Dana didn't go there, he was like, oh, wow, he didn't even come here. You know, right. it was just surprising. You know, I, I think it just sort of threw him off as well. But, you know, what a range of emotions that uh, that has to be. I'm sure he left that night as well, still thinking about it like, you know, what the heck is going on? You know, like I'm the, the champion of this company and the president can't even go to the presser like he normally does. Didn't put the belt. I, um, maybe I would have let that slide and just say, okay, whatever. I know we're in issues. You know, things are going on. He does want to put the belt, whatever. But then to skip what he never skips. Okay. If there's one thing that Dana's going to be at, it's going to be at the presser. You know, okay. so I just thought that was strange that, you know, Francis was finding that sort of stuff out while he's up there supposed to be talking about his moment. People were dumping more drama onto onto his plate right then yeah. at that moment as well. But I felt like he, you know I felt like he did take the high road. He didn't take any shots. And you're right. So all right. So I yeah. want to touch on this right because just a little bit ago before we sat down to record the podcast, uh, Dana White did do a Q and A on ESPN Plus, and in that Q and A he said that he actually left right after the co-main event because he had to deal with some stuff backstage. He said it had nothing to do with Francis, nothing to do with the fight, and he he didn't mean it to be any disrespect whatsoever, and. I, I, okay, maybe, maybe, but then skipping the press conference as well, as you said, was he still de- dealing with something at, at, at that point as well? I don't know what to what, make out they, of this. They run out of some water in the back or something? Yeah, he had to go find some new packs of water or something? Do they yeah. run out of, like, tape? Like, the, the, the cut men ran out of the, tape or something? And he's I mean, like, like, I got this. I got the, this. The uh, the toilet was backed up, and he's like, bro, move toilet out the way. Let, up. let me show you how you to know, handle somewhere, this. 
somewhere the ice machine was busted. And Dana was like, I got this. I got this model at home. Let me get up in here and I'll fix it. All right. So, I mean, listen, I know there's a lot of business things going on. And maybe it was entertaining some VIPs or who knows what it was. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I don't. So here, but here's why I am torn on it, right? Because if they really are at odds and he's doing this Q&A today, I mean, he could have just buried him, and he didn't. You know, he praised Francis, said it was a great game plan, a great strategy, all these things. But I'm still having a hard time believing. I, okay, you couldn't make it during the fight because so you had to go put a fire out. Fine, I get it. But as you said, man, the post-fight press conference, man, that's his thing, right? He loves to hold court, man. He loves to come out there yeah. and, and – and, Give and us the numbers. Tell us, us how numbers. great everything was. Yeah, so – I, I, I'm torn. I know most people just be like, I hate Dana White. He's lying. I know he's lying. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he is. Th this one is, though, I'm having a little bit of trouble swallowing it. Like, okay, something was going on during the fight. Something was going on after the fight, too, that you could do the presser, but you promised you didn't mean any disrespect. I, I wonder yeah. if it's just I wonder if it's just he did lose his temper, and now he's come back to it and been like, all right, well, I'm going to have to deal with the situation, so let me cut my losses and not bury him anymore. Maybe that's what's going on. I just don't know what to make of the whole thing of him saying, like, no, 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 there was no disrespect intended. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, he if he did, I mean, then at that point, I guess he went, he goes all in in one direction, and then at that point, you know, your champ is just going to fight you the whole way. You know, if you go right. in there and you go firing hard, you know, I still think that they want to resolve this, and you know, they of course would like to see Francis fight again. It's not like they don't want to see him fight; they just want him to do what he they want to do on their numbers and their and their way. You know, it's it's an honest just contract dispute, but I mean, it's like. It's just it is what it is. It's not like I take it personally that that Dana wasn't there and right. anybody else that does really can't either. The only person that had a right to take person you know take personal issue to it is Francis. And if Francis wasn't going crazy about it, what right do we have to go crazy about it? You know, it's just it, it like you said. It's it is definitely head scratching. And if something was going on backstage. You know, all credit to him. You know, that stuff does happen. You know, usually in most pay-per-views, that stuff gets handled by other people. But if this was that serious that they needed Dana to take care of it, it must have been something very, very serious. You know, Dana's not going to go back there and, and try to do something, you know, unless shit gets real crazy. You know, I mean, it could have been it could have been guests that, you know, started a tussle with each other and they could have been Dana's guests. If they're Dana's guests, you know, that's his problem. And I can see where he would go back and do something if there is something going on. But but like you said, I'm glad that he, he didn't throw him under the bus, uh, you know, in, in the interview today or yesterday or whenever that happened. But because yeah. uh, that would have been I think that would have then been really all bad. And then I think it would have made him look worse. At least now they could sort of walk it. He gave him a chance to walk it back a little bit. And, uh, you know, they can they can, you know, hopefully talk about it and move beyond it and see what we're, see what we're going to do. You know, yeah. if he would have did it the other way, I think that he would have then at that point been digging his trenches. And, and at that point, you know, it's just war from that yeah. point on. You know? that, that's because that's I'll be honest with you. That's how I felt on Saturday night. Like, oh, this is not going to turn out well. But by Dana saying yeah. what he's saying today, even if it's not true, even if he's just making something up, yeah. at least it's like trying to reconcile. And now I feel like, OK, yeah. maybe these parties can work together a little bit. So maybe it's a sign, even if it's a even if it's a complete lie. At least maybe it's a sign that we're moving in the right direction and these two can get back on the same page. So, fingers crossed that's yeah. what happened. It's, been, it's good at least he addressed it. If he would have went on there and never said anything about it and would have, you know, pushed it off and not said anything, it would have been it would have seemed much worse, you know. So, yeah. maybe it's a good sign. At least now they can sort of move on beyond it. Maybe you know? it's a good sign. All right, real quickly on the co-main event, I did want to get your feelings on this. I've kind of made it clear. We talked Ooh. about it on Spinning Back. Like, phenomenal fight, fantastic fight. Yeah. I, I scored it for Devison Figueredo. I thought it was scored correctly. But I guess really what I wanted to ask you about is, are you in the camp? Because it seems like it's split right now. 
Are you in the camp of, hell yes, let's do fight number four right now, or are you in the camp of, hey, man, they've already done it three times. You've got Asker Askarov. You've got Kai Kara France. You've got Alexander Pantoja. You know, they need their opportunity as well. Where, where do you fall? Because I'll be honest with you. I don't normally like it, but this is such a unique situation. You know, one, one, and one. I mean, that's crazy. That shit never happens. Like, yeah. I'm in the camp of let's go fight number four. Where, where do you stand? I mean, I want to see the fight, but, you know, I do have a bit of uh, – shoot. I do have a bit of fight fatigue over it. I mean, I just feel like, man, we've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it. I would like to see some maybe some new blood in there. Um, it'd be one thing if – Brandon was lucky enough to have a chance to defend it against somebody else. And then we'd get to say, oh, man, yeah, he uh, man, he had a great reign. He did, you know, he did his thing. It's not like Debs and on the flips, I had it as well. I mean, I think it's a great fight, you know. Um, then what happens if it's a draw? Oh, what happens if they fight again? It's a fucking draw. What do we do? We say, oh, it's, gotta, go, gotta five. go back to our, gotta, gotta go, go five. five now. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm on the fence either way. I really don't mind either way. I think the fight was good. I think, I mean, I think the fight was great. I sure. mean, um, but um, I would be good seeing it again. But I also wouldn't mind if one of the if they gave it a break and was just like, you know, Brandon, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, thanks to you, but you know, we just want to give maybe one other guy take another shot or maybe just take some time off. Um, it just, I don't know. Uh, I, I, listen, I don't think you're alone. And, and see, and this is what I wonder, too, because I think the only reason I'm down for it is just because it's such a unique situation. Like, we've never seen it before, so it feels like it would be this, like, historical rivalry that they're going four in a row. And it is a great well, fight. Well, the last I mean, one was that same way. I, that I was know. what they did for three. I so know. we're going to say it again. <laughs> it's like, we can keep saying it again, but it's like, but, well, we just said that in the see, last one. That, and that's what I wonder, too. See, exactly what you said, and I think fight fatigue is, is a great way to put it. I wonder if fans feel that way as well, because part of me thinks – the fourth yeah. fight would sell better than any of them because all this depending on where it's at well no, there you go if, that's a great point if you can do mexico I mean, or brazil if, if it was mexico and brazil then okay i'm cool because then i think it would just the whole spectacle around it and i think the fighters would carry themselves differently i mean davison was fucking off his rocker the whole week <laughs> flipping them off and just like taking it in and i think that was it was pretty cool to see that uh and that was in america uh, seeing Davison be the underdog and see actually fans sort of really supporting him. Most yeah. typical American fans are just very like, I like Davison and I like Brandon. I'm not really going to say either or. This was a very heavy uh, Mexican crowd in a lot of the areas, so it was yeah. very, very cheering for Brandon. So you, you got that feel like it was almost like uh, a home field advantage. But it's like, man, if it was in Brazil, the Brazilians would be just going crazy. And if it's in Mexico, the Mexicans would be going crazy. Then at that point, I would like it just because I think the spectacle around it would be interesting to Good me point. to where I would look past just the fact of, oh, hey, here's another one. You know, I would love the thing. It's the same thing when I think about when Connor fights. I love the spectacle of the whole the whole week. I like seeing the fan interactions. I love the media day when the fans are just louder than the questionnaires, you know, on the mics, you know, and then you see Dana have to interact with the fans and then you see the fighters interacting with the fans and then we usually get some fun little moment. So if it was in one of those locations, then I'm, then sign me up. I'm good with it. Let's let's go number four, whatever. But if it's another one that's even going to be at the T-Mobile or be anywhere in America, that's a good point. Ah, I'm kind of over it. That's a good point. I, I, I don't know. No. I feel like a dick saying that because it's a hell of a fight. <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of over it, you know. And and this is no slight to either dude, no slight to Brandon. I mean, but man, if you put it in Mexico, you put it in Brazil, you put it in Brazil and you say, Brandon, we're going to give you a chance to go back there. Let's fight. We're going to do something crazy. We're going to have, can you believe it? 
Four fights in a row. I know last one was three fights, but this is even better. This is four fights. But you did it in Brazil. Oh my lord. I would I would be interested to see what kind of crew and crowd would follow Brandon down to Brazil. Would we see some crazy shit in Brazil? That would be kind of nuts. I would recommend people don't go down there and try to get crazy in Brazil because shit is rough in Brazil right now. The dollar is even... Have you seen the, the, the exchange right now? No, what is it? It's strong in the dollar. It's like over... It's almost $6. Oh, it's dude. Like we... Five, Five fifty, five seventy, or something. Last we'd be time rolling, I looked, we'd be rolling deep at the churrascaria. Dude, are those, those, <laughs> I know. And then like the cheap beers that we would get at the the the, the little carryouts would be like oh. quarter, fifty oh. cents, something oh, ridiculous. Be yeah, I remember. I remember at one point it was like when we used to go down there a lot. I remember at one point it was like four hay ice uh, to a dollar, and even that. And that was, was like one of the. That was towards the high. That, that was, was like when high. it was like one of the high ones. And we were just like, yeah, we, like, we rolled it. Yeah, it was like, dude, we, we're going to like the nicest steakhouse in town and having dinner for like twenty-two dollars U.S. You know with what I mean? Drinks. It, with drinks. It was <laughs> with crazy. drinks. All you can eat steakhouse. Well, listen, Brazil. It looks like is out. Obviously, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the news by now. Uh, UFC two seventy four in May was supposed to be in Brazil. That was the plan, um, but now it's going to be back in the United States. Uh, what I what I was told, um, and I don't know if the UFC will ever uh, you know address this or admit it, but what I was told is that back in December, um, I guess Brazil. I don't know if it was. I guess it would be the Brazilian consulate that this, the Brazilian government. But now, which seems weird to me, is I I gotta do more research on this because I see I don't feel like their president gives two shits about COVID. But um, I, they passed a law that if you're if you're traveling into Brazil and you're over 12 years old. You have to be vaccinated. You have to show proof of vaccination uh, against COVID-19 to arrive in, into the country. And I think we all know, you know, the fighter population and, and uh, how they feel about yeah. uh, vaccination. Well, Dana so, wouldn't be down there. <laughs> th th there you go. So, I don't like, know if he is vaxxed. Is he vaxxed? I think he's he did like, get vaccinated, even though he's like, oh. I think he is. You know, I think as much as he just doesn't want to do the mass things, I think he I think he did his due diligence. I think he's vaccinated. probably – I agree. So, anyway, that's – so I think Brazil's off the table. But I don't – I think Mexico – you know, I don't know if there's any other business reasons they can't do Mexico, but um, that'd be great to get Mexico back on the map as well, man. It's uh, – yeah, with I, something because Figgy made it sound like that ain't gonna happen for him. It's not gonna happen. And that's he's like, let's do it in Tijuana, and then he's like, nah, just kidding, let's not. Just kidding, nah, nah, nah. Can we can we do heel? All right, last thing I want to say about uh, UFC 270. Uh, you know, I do uh, I do vote on the UFC rankings panel these days. I'm part of that uh, whole process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fancy like that. Uh, yeah, you are. But but uh, I got overruled. I uh, I actually thought Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, should have entered the rankings. Right now, Rafael Sunsau sits at number 15. And no disrespect to Rafael, he's been around for a long time, but four losses in a row, kind of tail end of the career. Saeed, yeah. that fresh blood, that quick win. Uh, so I had Saeed number going off at number 15 on my Bantamweight rankings, but uh, I don't know. I guess nobody else did. You know he's he, not he part of the, the Magomed of bloodline, right? You know he's not part of that bloodline, right? You know, That's you why. You don't have that... to give him the, the, the Nermi credit <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> That's too funny. That's too funny. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, should say, by the way, if you like what you're hearing, and I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, it's just a couple of good old boys sitting around drinking a couple of frosty beverages and talking some MMA. If you like what you're hearing, do us a favor. Uh, take a second to uh, rate us, review us, uh, give us five stars if you can, wherever you're listening. We'll take some feedback, uh, whatever you got. Hopefully it's positive. And uh, if you want to step your game up to the next level, you head on over to <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> 
Send us your positive feedback. <laughs> Fuck the bad feedback. Yeah, just, <laughs> just send us the positive feedback. Just the positive feedback. feedback, please. And then... We wanted the we wanted the bad feedback back in the first couple years we did the show. Now it's only purely positive Not feedback. anymore. Our egos can't take it anymore. We really need... <laughs> we need built up, please. I mean, a, a nice pat on the back. A little, you know, just a... Hey there. Peanut M&M's. A, good job, fellas. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh... But if, if, if you want to step your game up to the next level after, of course, leaving us some positive feedback and making us feel better about ourselves, <laughs> head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, uh, where for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the podcast, obviously cover our costs over there and, and help us out. And, of course, get exclusive access to the and a half episodes that we do and uh, maybe some other things that we got in the pipeline. been working with the boys over at the, the MMA Junkie radio crew as well and talking about some things we can do outside, so... Uh, you'll get exclusive access to that. like Just like our man Paul. Shout out to Paul for signing up on the uh, annual plan. Appreciate you, Paul. Yes. Thank you, Paul. Keeping the lights Thanks, on. Paul. Frosty beverages <laughs> were courtesy of Cody Merrow. Peanut and M&M's, courtesy of Paul. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. A couple other things, uh, Cold Coffee, just want to get to. Uh, PFL, how about the PFL making some news? Uh, back on ESPN Ooh. now. They, they, they re-upped, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I, man, I, the number two organization right now. Well, I was going <laughs> to throw that out there and see how that one uh, struck you. P- Peter Murray had no problem throwing it out there. And I'll tell you what's funny. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what's funny. So the interview we were doing, he just laid – like, he, you know, we, we start talking about uh, the content- – or, excuse me, God, I did it again. We start talking about the Challenger Series. I've called it Contender Series a couple times. We start talking about the PFL Challenger Series. And he, you know, he laid out, hey, man, this is a perfect time. Like, now that we're, you know, the second biggest promotion in the world, this is a great time for us to expand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I actually brought it back to him. I was like, Pete, I'm like, uh, man, I thought that was kind of crazy how you just, you know, threw out there that you're the number two organization. Like, do you have some metrics that, that you use for that? I mean, how do you determine it? And he was like, absolutely. He's like, we've got wider distribution. We've got more sponsorship. We've got more rankings. I mean, it was not a slip of the tongue or him not being confident. I mean, it. it I, I I circled back to it and gave him an opportunity to be like, "Oh yeah, hey, don't, 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 don't say that I said that. I didn't mean that." Like, da, da, da. no, he was like, "Yep." If you look at the distribution we have, if you look at uh, the sponsorship sales that we have, if you look at the the ranked fighters that we have, uh, we are absolutely the number two organization on the planet. So, uh, listen. It's bold. Is he just taking ESPN numbers? Like he's like, how many homes is ESPN in? That's how many we well, are in. But hey, That's how many we are hey, in. He, I mean, look, he is kind of using that logic for sure, but it is that old thing, right, of it, it's such it's such a difficult position for Bellator to be in, right, is because you want to take yeah. that Showtime money. Of course, man, if they're going to pay you a good check to put you on their premium channel, but the truth is, you know, that channel. No one has that channel. That's right. <laughs> it's not in as nearly as many homes. The programming is the programming in terms of like, I mean, I like some shows on, on, on Showtime, but in terms of like where you get your value, uh, it can't hang with ESPN. It, it no. really, really can't. And uh, I mean, I saw that and it was hard to not laugh a little bit, but in terms of, you know, like, you, like you're starting to say, you know, the fact that it's on ESPN, you can't, you can't not pay attention to that. I mean, they are on the best channel that you can be yep. on. I mean, they went to the place that has the UFC on it for Christ's sakes. You know, that, that says a little something right there. So if you're positioning, so, um, I, 
I, I guess I can't fault them. I, it's just, it's funny. It, if it feels like every other time we hear a promoter say that their organization's the biggest in, in the world, we hear that often uh, from other ones that are like, you know, screw the UFC. They're not the biggest. Right. Um, yeah, they are for the most part. But uh, it's funny that now, now the contention is that the, the number two has been replaced. It is. Um, I well, don't know what, you know what? I found that to be interesting too because <laughs> I know like used to – Companies wouldn't want to say that. Organizations will say, but I think even the organizations are just realizing, yeah. like, look, the UFC is the UFC. We ain't taking them down. But <laughs> if we can position ourselves as the number two organization, that's not a bad place to be. So uh, I don't know. If not, yeah. If not, though, doesn't it? Doesn't don't you immediately just start like tuning out everything else they say? Like once they start saying like, oh, we're the biggest and we're the baddest. I can't help it, but my brain starts already like, oh, okay, okay, you're just selling me something. <laughs> yeah, selling me something. You know, sell me. Is this as seen on TV? Okay, where do I plug it yeah. in? How much? How many? How many installments? And, and then when is it mine? So now the argument. Um, now the argument's about who's number two. Yeah. Now, shoot, Bellator better step it up, man. Number three now. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking forward <laughs> to see. So we'll mention. So Bellator 273 is this weekend. Nolan King is out in Arizona covering that event. Um, so we, we will get a chance to hear, I'm sure, from Scott Coker. And I don't know if, if Nolan King will be the one to ask the question, but i got to think Someone somebody's going to ask the question, right? <laughs> somebody's going to ask. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, then, hey, you know, but, you know, ultimately, I mean, numbers is great. I mean, because that's the stuff that they, they need for their investors. That's the stuff that needs to, you know, maybe, you know, the the people that are on the side like I don't know what other organization beside the UFC to watch maybe it's the numbers that win them over I think sometimes the channel is what's going to be what does win them over so I'm sure that does them some favors but you know uh, it, it it comes down when it, when I look at it and I look at what the number two organization is going to be part of me it for me is who is in the organization right. yes you might have great broadcast channel but who do you actually have in your your your, your stable of fighters and you can't say the PFL fighters outside of Kayla Harrison are the number two organization of fighters. They're just not. Bellator's got better fighters top to bottom than what PFL does. I think PFL's got some hella great fighters, and I love, I love the tournament format. I love a lot of the stuff that they're doing. But you know, if they had to go toe to toe, I think at the end of the night, you know, DC versus Marvel style, I think Bellator is going to kind of come out on top. Right. You know, so in my mind that weighs out to what the number two is, you know. That's an interesting me. discussion, right? Because, like, let's – because you're absolutely right. Like, I, you know, obviously I work with George on doing our rankings at MMA Junkie, which the MMA Junkie rankings, of course, are all organizations blended together. And I can tell you yeah. without a shadow – beyond a shadow of a doubt, there are far more uh, Bellator fighters in in our in rankings, rankings than there are the PFL. Right. But PFL can sit there and say, hey, look, we're drawing – Three or four hundred thousand people an episode, uh, an episode, an, an, an event, and and yeah. they're not they're not drawing three or four hundred thousand people on Showtime. True. So so what it's is true. so so what is number two? Is it, and it, it boy that is a great argument, you know, like because I, I I tend to agree with you. I mean, if we set up uh, a sixteen man Grand Prix with eight Bellator fighters and eight PFL fighters, I'm pretty sure in most every division, except for maybe if you know Kayla was in a division, you, you know you're you're going to see yeah. a or you you know the favorites going to be a Bellator fighter. I'm not saying that the PFL fighters can't win, but I'm saying the the favorites yeah. would be Bellator. But if they're drawing bigger numbers, does that make them the number two? It's uh it is kind of and an interesting battle. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, that's the metrics. It's, it's like what's important to that person, like whoever's judging it, you know. Like if you're going to somebody, it's like, okay, you know, what's more important to me? You know, if it's a person that's just like that's wowed by, 
numbers wowed by the bigger things like, oh, bigger must be better. They have, you know, 300,000 views. These guys had 150,000 views. Oh, they must not be the same. You know, where somebody's like, oh, but the level of the fighting on the 150 was so much better than the other one. You know, does that, does that, you know, it just kind of gets, you know, it's like with anything out there, you know, depends on what sort of criteria you're looking at. But it's hard to argue with the numbers. Numbers are impressive. I mean, if they are getting double the numbers, it's hard to not uh, pay attention to that, man. And uh, good on them. I mean, we say it every year. We're like, man, is PFL going to be back? Are they going to get funded? Are they going to do it? Are they going to be here? So for them to get the nod again, um, from ESPN to keep keep the party going, man. Um, obviously, they're doing stuff right, uh, and if ESPN's happy enough uh, to do it to, to go back in, they realize that uh, it's worth something. Yeah. I mean, ESPN yeah. spends a lot of money on a lot of stuff, but they're not the kind to just throw it away. Yeah. So you know, if people aren't watching it, they're not going to keep buying the product. They're not going to keep putting the money into it. And, you know? and listen, and, and and I'll add to that. I mean, you can't tell me. Dana behind the scenes I know he doesn't talk about him in public but you can't tell me that behind the scenes he hasn't been trying to tell ESPN like hey what do we got this rinky dink other promotion here on our ESPN airways why are they taking why are you going to confuse your viewers you know if there's going to be fighting on your channel it should be our fight they have he could easily they had to have been making that pitch behind the scenes so for ESPN to say nah we we want to keep this PFL thing around that's got to mean they have some faith in them yeah, or I mean, I don't. I wonder also, you know, with them, if it was only the UFC, that's an awful lot of. I mean, granted, we've we've been saying for a while that UFC is a media company, they're right. an entertainment company. There's so much stuff that they crank out, media wise. Maybe there's a positive part where he's like, well, okay, we don't have to program this whole channel for you. You know, ESPN's going out and creating stuff, but the UFC is putting on a lot of events to help fill up that channel. Now, maybe they're, I mean, maybe he might on one front say, man, you know, I'd love to be the one thing, but who knows? They might be like, hey, that's a little bit easier for us. Mm. You know, ESPN's not asking more of us to do more, and we're getting great money from them with the current amount of fights, which is a lot of fights. fights. But they're not having to do all the lifting, you know? So maybe maybe there's a benefit out of it or whatever. But, But regardless, if ESPN's willing to put their money behind it, you can't argue that they're putting out something good and that they're putting good fights and they're doing something right. Hey, um, it was definitely their best. The last season was definitely their best season. So um, it was awesome. Yeah. It was a great. It was a great fucking season. It really I mean, was. we're all down the end of the wild. We're like, man, are we going to get some repeat yeah. stuff? The fights were great. Um, everybody watching that tournament, that that the format is just cool, it's man. Fun. I mean, it's fun just watching them progress forward. And we've always said, you know, man. In a in a way, uh, when these fighters jump into this thing, they already know what's laid out, the possible fights that are laid out. Yep. There's no guy, some guy coming in with the hot, you know, hand off to the side that's swooning everybody and that's going to skip the line. They know who's going to be up ahead, who the possible people is. There's no there's no doubt they can they can train for all the parties involved, possibly that they might run into and they know what it is yeah. i mean there, there's something really cool about I, that I, I, that i think the fighters are like hey i like it this like way, like how about know? the houseman field story right where the guy wasn't even in the wasn't even in the yeah. field to start out with but he gets the opportunity and he gets to work his way through and he gets a million dollars i mean that's that's, crazy. that's cool that's cool stuff it is cool stuff it's so cool it's so cool man and that and that's a hell of a fucking payout man yeah for them at that show to give out all that money at the very end, 
how can you not be happy for the the fighters uh, that make it to that? You know, and it's just so cool, man. It's like watching a sweepstakes winner. Um, but you know, <laughs> there's no. I mean, there again, there's a little bit of luck, but no, this is just seeing all the hard work pay off for that many fighters in one night. Um, it's so cool, man. It's like I had I had tons of happy feels yeah. just watching the end and seeing everybody getting those big fake checks that said a million dollars on. And them. let's <laughs> let's notate uh, as well that uh, it will be on two nights this year, which thank God for that too because Ooh. they're going to fix that pacing issue. I think you know pacing. that that finals <laughs> pacing was not good. But hey, at least they're reacting. At least at least they're taking they're taking they're taking what we said. Yep. I'm pretty sure we said yep. it, and they were they were listening to Hunters, us. Just us. Like, we were we the only people that just pointed like it the out. road. Show. <laughs> the, the road show said this, and we're going to change it. But that's cool. That's a great. I mean, I'm glad we thought of it. I, you know, yep. uh, you're welcome, PFL. We, I, you're absolutely welcome. You PFL. can send that check. Send, <laughs> send that. Send that check with that money. Uh, let, let me ask you, Cold Coffee. Give, what's that Patreon again? Uh, what's that uh, Patreon? Yeah, PFL. That's Patreon.com/slash MMA Roadshow. If you want to, if you want to, you know what? If if it's easier for you, you can just go to Venmo. John Morgan 400. You can just Venmo it direct. If you don't want to subscribe, <laughs> that's fine. And look, if you want to go to Patreon, you don't have to listen to the and a half. I mean, I know that's where we gave you the last. Uh, you know, that's where it was. But, you know, that's where it was. But, well, anyway, uh, hey, I did want to ask you too. I mean, I, I know you kind of joke sometimes about the amount of fights we, we watch in the landscape, but uh, are you gonna so much. are you gonna give are you gonna give the Challenger series a, a you know a go? It's only four fights. It's on a, 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 a I think Wednesday nights. I think if I remember right, I, are you gonna? Yeah, I'll give it a watch. It a I mean, what else are we doing on Wednesdays? You know, media days or something. <laughs> Yeah, what do we got? You know, I mean, if I mean, it's it's not like we had to do like maybe 13, 14, 15, maybe eighteen interviews earlier that day. Five, I'm, yeah. I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Man. Let me stock up on my peanut M and M's. I'm good. I can sense the enthusiasm <laughs> in your voice. I mean, obviously, we've done. Is that is that coming through? We've done three. I, listen, I know most people might not be able to pick up on it, but after three hundred and fifty-seven <laughs> episodes, I can tell when you're being honest. When you're being sincere, when there's real passion about a there's new passion. A, about a new oh there's passion oh there's passion <laughs> oh there's passion uh, no man I'll check it out man I, I you never you never know man like uh, I think what's crazy and what's fun about some of this stuff is we've seen these products laid out over and over and over again and whenever they they try to to to, to do something different. It's worthwhile to, you know, at least see see what they're doing and, you know, and they always learn from it. Maybe if it doesn't work great, you know, they switch it up a little bit. But, yeah, man, I'm down. I mean, but am I as crazy as you and the, you watch fighting nonstop? No. I mean, every once in a while I watch, like, some anime or, like, some sci-fi <laughs> that doesn't shit. doesn't count. Yeah, I got I to I have some. Well, I know it doesn't count as fighting, but I can't only watch fighting oh, okay. stuff. Okay. You know, like, that's all we do. It's all we do. It's literally all it's I do. It's like, it's... Literally, when, oh god, it sucks. <laughs> it's literally all we do every single week. I mean, I'm grateful for it, but it's like when I when I can sit on the couch and I, I literally I feel like my brain just turns off and I'm just like amaze me. It's like going to the movies when you watch the big explosions and spectacles. Sometimes it's good to just put something else on. Like I had so much joy. I was talking to somebody yesterday. They had never seen the Star Wars. You've seen all the Star Wars, seen, right? Uh, not, no, not the new ones. Not, not the new ones. 
But, but like this guy had never seen me and he's like, do you think I, that's something I can watch with my kid? And I was like, oh my God, yes. And we started talking. And I was like, man, it's fun to talk about something else besides just fights. That's all we talk about. That's all we watch, you know? So yes, it's, I mean, I would love to, I'll give it a watch and, and, and give it a try. But honestly, I mean, there's some days when, when it's not fighting and especially after media day, if there is a media day that day. Um, the last thing I want to do when I get home is watch uh, fighting. It's I'd so rather funny. watch I'm, I'm Food such, Network or something. I'm <laughs> such the opposite. Like, like I did, I did watch the end of that. Um, uh, what was it? Chiefs and Bills the other day. That was a crazy ending. Like, I watched the end of that. Like, I've watched a little bit of the playoffs. But yeah, for me, man, yeah. it's, it's MMA, and it's so funny because like when I'm with a group of people and they're talking about anything other than fighting, like I'm just like lost you know what i mean i'm just like uh, yeah so i think i they, was stuck in the airport and i missed all those good games man i heard people chanting oh you had, like i'm too you had i was, a, I was uh, stuck in the airport i had to add that layover and then got missed the connection and i hear everybody down there at the at the bar and it was funny the bar was like i went down there and uh they were like uh, the one that was in the terminal she's like Sorry, there's no food. I was like, hey, I can do that. It's you know, I'll just do drinks. She's like, oh, but it's cash only. I was like, well, I cannot do that. <laughs> I was like, well, see you later. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm just gonna go sit off somewhere in the terminal and watch like Netflix. And I watched some random uh, sci-fi or something. So you just sat there for like six hours, no drinking, no nothing. No, no, I had a couple sandwiches. No, it was in the, only I had to stay there. It was about uh, about two and a half hours. Oh, three that's hours. not bad. That's not bad. I guess three and a half hours. No, they ended up getting luckily put me on an earlier flight. There was an earlier flight that when I looked, when I was on the plane, I couldn't see it. Didn't pop up as one of the options that I could pick. And then when they were like, "Oh, we booked you on a new one," I was like, "Where? Where was this flight?" Because it was actually two hours earlier than uh, what I was gonna be in. Um, but yeah, then I end up just watching like some sci-fi shit, dude. There's a there's an awesome show on Netflix, and I know this is why you guys tuned into this show called Archive Eighty One. It's fantastic. So I watched like that. I binged that whole thing, and then uh, watched something else. That's but. hilarious. Uh, by the way, I should say uh, breaking news to the world: you uh, you switched over to the dark side for UFC two seventy one in Houston, right? You're no longer an American Airlines guy. What? Well, you know why? You know why I switched it for this one? Cause that fucking layover misconnection. I was like, I was like, I'm so sick of connections right now with it. Cause Americans, man, even going from Cali to Phoenix, where there's no weather at all, right. that was a pain. It's because the plane was coming from Chicago and that was turning back around that got delayed, and that's what threw it all off. And I was like, I'm so tired of this connection stuff. So for this one, I was just like, whatever. I'm going to go on Southwest. Southwest. Actually, I almost even uh, booked with United. Uh, but the the times were a little weird. So, yeah, I just went on uh, Southwest for this you one. And, uh, it's, not, it's not saying that I'm going to switch completely over, but for this particular one, just because it was quick. Okay. And it was like two, uh, two bags checked free, which I was like, oh, whatever. Let me just do it. It was cheaper. It was the cheapest option. So uh, you and uh, you and you and Matt Erickson, you and Matt Erickson, you guys are uh, Southwest guys. Oh yeah, I'm not fully switching over, but whatever. <laughs> uh, this will be. But the it way- is funny. Like when I, yeah. Well, oh. I was gonna say when I go, uh, <clears throat> my brother and mom. When I go visit them uh, in Nashville, Nashville's like a big Southwest hub. So if I do those trips, I might do a Southwest on those now or something instead of some weird connection or something. I'm just over connections right now. I'm just over flying. I'm just over everything. <laughs> and the year's just started. Just, the just started. starting. Well, listen, uh, I'll I'll just I, we'll break the news now. I guess uh, it'll be nice. To, uh, cold coffee will be at USC 271 without me. I will not be making the trip to Houston. It's crazy. Uh, I'll just say. <clears throat> 
not my call. I was completely willing. Not to your do call. That. Not not my call. And, yes, and we'll just leave it. Wasn't my that. call. I might. Uh, but we will have we will have Nolan. Nolan Nolan's a, a strong addition. Nolan's a strong. Nolan's addition, a strong addition. You, I'll uh, I'll come help you uh, pack your gear for you, so you remember to bring the recording equipment. And, uh, and, we'll, and oh, we'll, does that mean I have to record a segment? We'll there? still have a show. I'll uh, I'll I'll be watching. Uh, <laughs> I'll be watching from home and. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. I might end up going down there. It's I, so hard. I, it's so hard to pack my gear because I, I have to with the way I have to do it now. Well, no, I have Southwest, so I can actually bring a second luggage. See, I've been using my tripod gear. I've been putting all my clothes in there, and that's why I didn't have any room to put uh, the recording gear because uh, I have. Uh, I use my long bag as my luggage uh, because you only get the one check bag or whatever. That's fine. And I'm a cheapskate. So I put all my clothes in that, and uh, so I just didn't have any room. That's hilarious. For the other one. I didn't realize that was the case. That's so. Funny. I mean, it's well because I always break down my camera, so now I have my carry on with my camera in my in the hard case, and then I have uh, the backpack, which is already heavy enough, and I have no room to put anything else in there because I have uh, the monitor and then uh, different all the other crap in there. So I can't put it in there, and then the only other possible would be the 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 thing that has my tripod and all my clothes. But I mean that's pretty packed full as well, so I'm just like, uh, oh, I, I, you know what? I can't do a second bag for the Southwest. Maybe though. I'll just have to go down to Houston on my own and carry your recording equipment for you. So well, there. that would be a good addition <laughs> right there. That would be good. I'm actually considering it. We'll we'll see. I'll see how the budget's looking. But uh, I'm, yeah, when you see your moms, have moms. Well, that's what I said. I got family and friends down there. I'm, I, I might. I, I don't know. I might go on my own. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, all right. Listen. Speaking of travel, uh, I gotta go to the airport. Um, I am uh, heading out for uh, CFFC. I actually gotta leave the house here in about an hour, so better wrap this up and finish packing. Uh, heading out to uh, Philadelphia for CFFC. So Saturday night. Uh, if you guys want to tune in, UFC Fight Pass. We got a uh, a good card as always. Great, great, uh, great main event. Obviously, middleweight title fight in the main event. Aaron Jeffrey, uh, who you've seen on the Contender Series a couple times, come up just short on the Contender Series. He's putting his middleweight title on the line against Rex Harris, uh, who who took uh, some time away from the sport uh, to kind of reinvent his game. Fought for uh, PFL, WSOF, and now he's back. Uh, but uh, and it's a great. I don't want to not give the main event the respect, but the co-main event. Paul Capaldo, who was supposed to be on Contender Series, undefeated at 6-0, and uh, ended up getting COVID uh, like a week before he was supposed to go on the show, and so he got pulled from Contender Series and couldn't do it. Uh, he's going up against Jose Perez, who's 5-1. and one. Uh, These two dudes are, are top-level prospects. If you want to see some potential future stars, man, I think Capaldo versus Perez is going to be uh, a phenomenal fight. So that's Saturday night. Myself and CM Punk on the call, as always. I want to give a shout-out to – I was going to ask. I was wondering if it was just you and CM because the, the Paul – the Felder thing, that was the – that was just for the grappling yeah, edition, I, I, right? I think, it's normally just you two, right? Yeah, I think Felder's just going to be doing the grappling events uh, with this movie. And, and I don't even know if that was a permanent thing. We did it for the one time. I don't know if he'll do all of them, but uh, we, we yeah. had a blast, man. Me and Punk and Felder was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, that was good. Had, that was a fun broadcast. had a good time. So, fun. yeah, me and Punk this time. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out to uh, La Adelita, the official tequila of uh, CFFC and uh, their, their uh, bigger brand, Legend Spirits, that also has some bourbon and, and some wine. If you take a look at my Instagram. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, you got a little bottle in there? Ooh, they shot me a, that bottle they shot me a little care package, bro. They, sh- they shot me a, a case of alcohol. They, I, I, a case? A case, brother. I've got – Hey, hey, where's our 50-50 I, I've split? Got some, I, where's, where's that? Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> I got a fridge over here. You can put a bottle hey, right in here. Hey, you know what? Let's, uh, you know what? A bottle of that tequila. We'll crack open some. Is it, is it the, uh, is it the gold stuff? Oh, or the, no, bro, uh, this is, silver? this is high level. What, one of them, one of them is a, an extra Añejo. It's like three year aged, man. It's like, uh, dude, I can't, 
I'll, I'll bring some over next week when I'm back in town, man. We'll crack some open and uh, maybe have a little bit of a lot on the lead tequila. to next week. All right. A tequila buzz is fun, man. Right. Tequila, tequila buzzes we'll, are fun. Uh, we'll crack open a little I don't know if we should record on that, though, because that could get wacky really, really then quick. Then that means we absolutely maybe we should, should record. <laughs> maybe we should. Absolutely. So check that. So that's La Adelita. Uh, we got another one. I don't know if this is going to happen. Check this out. This is how much the game has changed for your boy John Morgan. Uh, we've got a new sponsor. And I, I don't think I can say their name yet because I don't know if the deal's all signed yet. But uh, it's a clothing sponsor. And from my understanding, uh, part of the deal is – custom suits for your boys so Whoa. yeah i'm talking about I, I, my understanding. with short bottoms <laughs> like short pants <laughs> like hey are they gonna make is that the custom do, part do you guys do, they're gonna give you a <laughs> do you guys do khaki shorts is that do, do you guys do? you're like you're gonna be like can you can you take the the legs up some you, uh, a little bit more can, can you take a man in, and up about uh, i don't know 24 inches ah, just mid-thigh mid-thigh so mid-thigh maybe so my listen if it comes through my understanding is uh that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna give me the old fitting I, I, it may shock you to know the the suits that i do have right now are kind of just off the rack they're not custom fitted uh so i'm kind of i'm kind of i'm, I'm kind of anxious to live the high life a little bit see what that's all about hell yeah bro i'll be on, on the off the rack for the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> unless i win the lottery Mega Millions, man, it's up there, man. If it doesn't, if it doesn't hit this weekend, uh, or maybe even this weekend, uh, I might make it have to make another little trip down to Cali or over to Arizona and get me a little Mega Millions. Or where are you going, Philly? Yeah, I'm going to Philly. Buy us some Mega Millions. Are there Mega Millions out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. when's the it's drawing? Like, there's only like there's only like five states. The, the drawings are on like uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. Tuesdays and Fridays. Okay, I'll I'll shot. So I should be there in time then. Yeah, if if nobody hits, man, it's like uh, it's like over four hundred million Ooh, or something. Yep, I think we uh, I think we could upgrade the studio with that. I'll, I'll throw down I a solid five bucks on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's do this. That's awesome. Let's do uh, dude, this. If, Let's go. If, if, if we hit if we hit uh, four hundred million, Hathaway Production Studios is gonna be lit, bro. I, I assure it's you that. I'll get some neon lights up oh, in this motherfucker. It's some crazy we'll shit. Have, we'll have we'll have Hathaway Production Studio over there looking solid if we can get that 400 mil. I promise you that. I'll get a second fridge. I'm not saying we're going 50-50 on it, but I'm saying you'll definitely uh, – second fridge, that's easy. We'll get a kegerator in there. We'll get – we might we might have just a beer delivery store there. Like they just come restock it all the time or something. We'll just set up a commercial outlet where we just sell to I ourselves. Like we'll sell to ourselves. I like all it. All right. I got it. I got to pack up, man. I got to go to the airport. Uh, like I said, Nolan King, Bell Tour 273, full coverage of MMA Junkie. Uh, Danny Segura down in Miami. He's actually at Eagle FC. So uh, we'll have full coverage yeah. of that Eagle FC event. And uh, like I said, tune in on USC Fight Pass uh, Saturday night for CFFC. Uh, yeah, that's it. No and a half this weekend because there's no UFC show. But I don't think it'll be like that for pretty much the rest of the year. So uh, we'll, en- <laughs> we'll, we'll enjoy it. And uh, then we'll be back in full swing in February. And uh, in the meantime, we'll just tell everybody, thanks for listening.